When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, kool Welcome to Barca Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, I speak with Barca Twitter OG Kevin Williams about Xavi's tenure so far. And we also dive in a little bit of the femini and the glory that they are experiencing currently. Before we get into that conversation, just wanted to highlight our Patreon WhatsApp group. It's a great way to help support the podcast. Again, our WhatsApp group is totally international. And I, I like to call it as a virtual Pena. So if, if you live in a city or an area where you don't have the opportunity to join a local Pena, consider joining ours. It's only five bucks a month. We talk Barca every day. And during the matches, it's the most lively and the most fun, I believe. So again, the link is in the show notes. Really quickly, just click on it. And it's a simple sign up process. After the short break, Kevin and I discuss Xavi's tenure so far. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Kevin Williams joins me on the podcast. Kevin, how's the life going? It's it's weirdly... Heidi and and um just kind of settling in right I mean I'm uh, still going back and forth and uh, my wife is here full time 
And um, so we're just kind of going through the motions. We're, you know, starting Portuguese lessons and yeah. um, you're getting ready to begin a new life. And I figured out a new carrier for when I'm over uh, for Barcelona matches because I was um, doing the ESPN slash VPN thing. And that didn't work as smoothly as I had hoped. Mm -hmm. So I'm now signed up with a new carrier, 11 sports, and they're awesome. So, yeah, it's all just kind of like falling into to place. And I can't believe it's mid-November already. How'd that happen? Yeah. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because, I, you know, especially after last night's match, you know, we the next match is until December 31st. So obviously with the World Cup. And I just wanted to kind of get an assessment of Chavi's coaching performance and how we're overall feeling about this team. Because I think, you know, especially last night, I think last night's match was a microcosm of what we're seeing with Barcelona, where we don't see the type of performance we want to see, the consistent performance, but they still get the three points and they're league leaders. And I don't know how that happened. And I don't, I just don't know if that's a band-aid <laughs> or a wound. And I don't know how sustainable it is for the rest of the season, because yes, they are in first place right now but they're out of Champions League. And I put this to Twitter last night about the situation that we were in last season. We were in ninth place in La Liga, but we were still in the group stage, obviously with the dates being different. And it's almost like, which do you prefer? Are we actually in a better state right now uh, compared to last year at this moment? Yes and no. So first of all, I want to begin with, with Xavi because I know that there's been a lot of discussion about him and my assessment when he arrived was that he needed to have an intermediate step uh, before coming to Barcelona. Um, nothing he has done since arriving in Barcelona has changed my uh, assessment of that. He's learning on the job and he's learning in a very difficult environment to learn in. One of my notions about him was that he might be a bit too dogmatic to coach and i think his consistent utilization of busquets despite <laughs> the fact that that <laughs> i mean you can't outrun father time yeah. and so i think that he is learning on the job and i think the team is in a better place than it was at this time last year personnel wise obviously the uh, rush of injuries was just abysmal and i think had those injuries not happened they would still be in champions league but i don't know that i would be very confident of them advancing much beyond whoever their next opponent might have been they still don't have a way of playing Right. I mean, um, uh, you recall that when Graiola came in, first two, three matches, they had a way of playing, right? They had a method system that was very clear. Xavi, he's, there's nothing, you know, he's, he's, it's one match, it's give it to the wingers, one match, it's stroke it around midfield, one match, it's a, thousand crosses there's no this team has no way of playing and because it has no way of playing it seems like it doesn't know what it wants to do at times so i mean i feel like you know personnel wise they're in better shape i think you know kunde was a 
fantastic acquisition. Um, Lewandowski, I wish he wasn't 34 and yeah. um, didn't have a sharp elbow like he had. <laughs> um, you know, I think that Rafinha, although they overpaid, is really coming into it. I mean, so it gives people like, you know, it gives Fati a chance to regain whatever he's going to be able to regain. It gives Ferran Torres a chance to do whatever he's going to do. (laughs) Or not do. (laughs) Or not do. So I think that, I mean, they're in a nice spot. I think that I wish they had gotten out of the group stage. And I feel like a lot of that inability to advance from the group stage falls on the shoulders of Xavi more than the, the, the players. I mean, he had a template for getting a result from Inter and he chose not to use it. And whatever you want to say about lack of availability of, of people and personnel, Xavi got outmanaged. And he got outmanaged last year when they exited against Benfica. And mm-hmm. he got outmanaged yet again for those two key matches um, uh, versus Inter. So, I mean, they're they're more fun to watch. Uh, they are Definitely. still def- they're still defensively overclemped. Um, yeah, thank the heavens, Ter Stegen has regained his form right because he's saved them match after match after match um and um really the only goals he's conceded have been goals where he didn't have a chance and i I think that's noteworthy they're top of the table i don't think they're going to end up that way i think that they're still too fragile and there's mm-hmm. still no structure there is still no i mean this team needs a way of playing and that way of playing can't be give it to dembele and let him do something because he's not that player <laughs> he's not that guy so i don't know i mean i they'll be fun to watch the rest of the year my my guess is they'll finish second again um, but it will be a more emphatic Second, like I think they'll finish within like you know a f- few points of Madrid, but it'll be a better overall second place, right? Than that Feeling. sort of weird wheezy thing of last year. Yeah, it's interesting because I think it's it's almost like with Kuman, just the way he spoke to us as fans and the way we wanted him out so quickly. And I think with Xavi right now, we give him so much of the benefit of the doubt of because of who he was recently as a player. And my biggest thing that I look at is, you know, like you said, I think that's a really great point. You know, you think he should have had another coaching stop before coming to Barca because of all the pressure and, you know, learning on the job. And I think that's clear as day as we've seen, you know, especially through the Europa League last season and also managing this month. My thing that I'm just kind of looking at is where are the minor improvements of players from coaching because you can't just constantly just go to the January window and go shopping to do that. You have to implement your coaching development style to improve in these players. And I can't really pick a player where I can say, yes, 
that under Chavi's tutelage is this player going from a six to a seven, you know? And I look at the defense as well because the defense to me is one of those things where I would love to play a high line up the the midfield, but we just don't have the speed, the players, the depth to do that. And to this continuing motion that we're, we do this against teams that just salivate at seeing that, you know, Madrid, Inter, you know, and Bayern, we just feed into this. And it's kind of this yin and yang, you know, of, of how much do we want to die by our style, you know? And like you said, you know, we're still defining that. And last night I think was, again, I think last night was a perfect microcosm because, you know, we do depend on, on Lewandowski so much because of the goal outputs that he has. Last night was a very good win because we came from behind and the way we were able to play with a man down. But still, there was no feeling, right? We were depending too much on Dembele. And how many times, you know, when you see Dembele going down the field, you're like, he's losing the ball. Like, I don't I don't know why we're even – why is the camera following him? Because the, you know the ball is going to come right back, right? And these are the feelings I have. And – I think it's going to be a tighter race because I think Madrid still has some flaws going with, and especially if they're going to continue to go through Champions League, I think it's like you said, it's going to be a little bit tougher. But I'm just, I'm just still, I'm, I'm nervous about the rest of the season with the coaching, and also with the injuries. You know, you know, I, you know, I love to talk to you about physical injuries and stuff because of your background uh, with biking and so forth. Is there a concern with this physio stuff? Because you know, it's one thing to have injuries that are like collision and stuff, things that happen in the field, sure. But I feel like. 90% of our injuries are all muscular. And I don't know if that's something with load management or something that needs to be looked at because if you can't have your best players all the time and you're constantly picking, you know, third, fourth type tier players on your team, you can't get that consistency, you know, what what do we do, you know? So those are kind of all my concerns I'm looking at so far at this first half of the season because, you know, a lot of people on online and so forth saying, you know, give Chavi's chance. He's going to have his preseason and so forth. And, I just don't see such a significant improvement from Kuman, and I just think it's veiled because of Xavi's presence, and he's a little bit more personable. I think that's that's you know we give him the benefit of the doubt with that. Yeah, no, I mean I I think that and Xavi is the chosen one. I mean, look, he's the guy who people were screaming about through every mediocrity that the board has lashed to the yoke since they jettisoned Valverde, right? I mean, you know, Setien, who, by the way, is <laughs> going great guns at Villarreal. I know, I know. <laughs> um, and, you know, and I think that, you know, when they brought um, Akuman in, I mean, it, it's weird because, I mean, his tenure, like Tata Martino's, will be underappreciated. Sure. Right? He got a raw deal. He got no transfers. He got broken players. Uh, he got a psychologically a broken team. He's like, hey, make some magic. I'm like, well, these guys kind of suck. And <laughs> he wasn't wrong. And so many of those guys that Kuman said kind of suck are still there, right? I mean, Alba's hanging around. Busquets is like one of those in inflatable things you see at the comp no at you know gold nord uh he's like arms is flapping around you know, <laughs> and stuff. i mean you know pk just retired and but you know they've brought in garcia who is free and plays like his price um you know he's the softest center back in 
recorded history. Yeah. Um, you have, you know, Marcus Alonso, who I don't know yeah. what that was about. Um, Christensen is pretty good, but the problem is uh, the Barcelona doesn't have very many elite players. And when you face elite teams like Bayern, mm-hmm. um, like or even tougher European teams like uh, like Inter, you need elite players, right, to be able to not only have a higher standard, but raise everybody around them to that standard. Lewandowski is elite, no question, um, but he needs the ball, right, to be elite. So I think that like Xavi isn't much better than than Kuman. He is getting more risk and patience because he's Xavi. And that's awesome, right? I mean, I, um, yeah, hey, give a legend that love, right? Yeah. But he's not doing much right now. Nobody has really, well, Balde has improved, but Balde showed up improved. I yeah, don't know that, that, what happened to that dude in the offseason? Yeah, he, yeah. They saw him when I was in uh, Barcelona last year. I saw him three times and each match I came away thinking maybe with a loan in a couple years he might be okay and then the off season and he rolled up like hey I'm ready to take the spot yeah I don't know what happened but I'm happy it happened because he is the team's best left back and right back (laughs) and his his you know quality at right back and for all the people who were you know blowing me stuff for saying Dest didn't have it, was never going to have it, uh, was not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. So we got rid of Dest and Balde takes that right flank and he's 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 everything that everyone thought Dest was going to be, but was yeah. never going to be because he's just not. I mean, the gulf, there is a chasm right now in quality between those two players and so i mean i feel like you're right nobody has improved under him i think that dembele has gotten better just because he's stayed fit Mm -hmm. um yet he's still making the same kinds of errors um you know ferran torres is like he was when he showed up um so is pedri i mean pedri has been improving on his own. He's also showing signs of fatigue now. Sure. I mean, his match yesterday was not that good, and he's been on a downward slope, and now he's about to um, play the World Cup. So hey, yeah. you know, he'll yeah, yeah. right come back bedraggled and tired. Um, I think I think that uh, De Jong has found form, but I don't know that. Xavi had anything to do with yeah. that. Um, See, and that, that, that's, the, that's the thing is you bring up really great points. And I want to go back to the Dest-Balde part because, you know, like with Balde, I think it's more about him just getting more playing time and understanding the competition level rather than getting coached to be improved. Maybe he did something in the offseason. Maybe he, you know, whatever. But he's definitely been one of the bright spots. And yeah. for me as a coach, I wanted Xavi to take Dest under his wing and say, look, Dest is a above average 
right back. We can work with him. Let's work with him. Let's develop him as opposed to, nope, he's not good enough. We can't do it. And that's it. Just ship him off, you know, because as we've seen, we can't just patchwork backs, right? And to put Sergio Roberto out there, just because you have the confidence of what his passing ability is, I think it lacks with the speed and recoverability that Dest has. And so those are the things that I'm looking at. And again, with Balde, I think he has been such a discovery. And I, that to me, again, is how do you not see that and just already make that decision earlier? Because I'm, if, again, I understand it's jaded because I'm sure with Xavi Naba, they have the friendship that that kind of clouds your judgment of being you know, coach and player, but man, I mean, you see when Balde comes in, the ability he has to play with the ball, the speed, you know, I always, I always look as well to the way that he doesn't have to give up that space when he's front facing on defense, which is massive because yes, those, those, yes. you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about, right? Because then he's, winger he's say, not afraid. He's exactly. not afraid. And the winger doesn't want to take him to the corner because they know they can't beat him with speed. So they have to conservatively go back. And that to me is a win defensively, right? Because it gives your defense to recharge. So, you know, again, I, I, I see, you know, players that I'm really excited about Kunde, Balde, uh, Pedri, you know, all these players that we, that we've been highlighting, but again, I just need to see a little bit more, a little bit more push of, of Chavi's imprint. And I, and I thought for sure, if anything, he was going to have a really, heavy thumbprint with the midfield you know just having more activity more yeah. more speed because you know it's funny i you know with the pk retirement last week i watched the 6-2 uh replay and you know how when you watch old videos you know sports videos the speed of the game usually is slower because you know players were slower and it's just, but man that game was fast <laughs> correct and that's the thing that that even i know and i know i don't want to take away that yes it was a hall of fame once-in-a-lifetime trio of midfielders. But the way Iniesta and Xavi play, they played as four midfielders, the way they're always constantly moving. And I thought Xavi would be able to bring that type of aspect of always put your head on a swivel, move into spaces, and and so forth. And last night, I know we were a man down, but I just don't see that activity in the midfield that I thought Xavi was going to be able to implement more directly and sooner. I mean, and he's... So, Gavi is running in place, right? I mean, he, I, I, I had hoped that Gavi would be improving under Xavi. Instead, what's happened because of his slavish, devotion who scouts, right? When De Jong found his form, then Gavi was left out. And so what happens is now Gavi comes in as the, Super sub, right? The, you know, all right, um, 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 go out there and hit somebody, right? That that kind of uh, uh, player, and he's better than that, and he's not developing in the way that he should. I mean, none of the midfielders. Well, I mean, really, there isn't much of a midfield right now under Xavi, and that's the vexing thing. Is if you want to. Match matches are won, lost. Uh, they're controlled in the midfield. Mm. Still, right? Despite modern football moving to dynamic flank action, the midfield that's still where it lives. You have Busquets who is slow. You have Ante Young who is soft and slow. You have. Pedri, who is a technical 
genius, but soft and slow. Um, you have Gavi, who is, you know, hard as nails, but guess what? Once again, he's slow. So that midfield has to solve problems by using other methods. And Xavi's done nothing to implement. I mean, Xavi, when he was a, a player, he wasn't fast, nor was Iniesta, nor was, nor was Busquets. Yet they controlled matches and they played so fast. This midfield, you know, the ball will go to Busquets, who will turn, survey, pass it laterally. Correct. <laughs> Jordi Alba kicks it back to Busquets, who then taps it forward to Pedri or De Jong. If it's Pedri, he'll make the right pass to somebody a few meters, or if it's a De Jong, he'll keep it, look around because he wants to make a run. <laughs> and, you know, then he'll back pass because the run is closed and nothing happens in the midfield, right? Yeah. Like everything that happens with Barcelona now happens on the flanks or is done by a winger. And I mean, that to me is, as with you, the most disappointing thing of how Xavi's tenure is, how lackluster the mid field is it's like it's where football goes to die and it should be where football goes to thrive yeah it's a good point and you know the thing is is you know you always think i always think of like sports with guerrilla warfare right if you're physical what do you do speed right you try to work it around and that's the thing is like okay so our midfield isn't the fastest but they're supremely technical. So how do we use that advantage, right? And that's the thing that I'm kind of looking at is like maybe we need to have them flood the spaces more and just be more active. It doesn't have to be that you're faster than the other team, right? But you're just occupying those spaces to drag the defense, right? Because that's one of the things when I noticed watching the replay of the 6-2 is is how often Xavi Iniesta would pass and go to the empty space and keep moving. The defenders didn't know where to go. And then obviously you have top flight attackers in the back with Henri Neto that knew where to go. So that obviously helped. But can you imagine if all of a sudden you're dragging the center, you know, midfield out of the way, then all of a sudden Lewandowski has more passing lanes and Lewandowski is one of the most elite number nines. I have some questions here uh, regarding uh, the world cup and just kind of this break going forward. And first, you know, this has been a, philosophical question that I've been analyzing, obviously, for the fast five years since I've had this podcast, just based on Champions League success. And quite frankly, one of our patrons, Troy, asked, you know, do you believe that Barca style can win in today's game? I personally think yes, but we need to make tweaks really quick. Like what? No. Oh, shaking your head. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's see. Okay. Let's hear it, Kevin. Because, you know, this is the thing. It's like, what is quote, you know, obviously we always, you know, romanticizes this Barca style of Pep and so forth that was brought on Cruyff and everything, but give me give me your your opinion. What maybe needs to change to even adapt further so that we can compete with the big boys? So, Frank Reichard's team was more equipped to play modern football than Xavi's team is, and that's saying something. Um, I th- think that people are confusing a tactic with a style. Uh, Barcelona's style is attractive, attacking possession football, right? That doesn't necess- 
necessarily mean 937 passes. I think that the style parts of our, our plays is too slow. And modern teams just pick it apart. I mean, Bayern brushed them aside and they <laughs> barely got out of second gear, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you enter, outran, out physical. The, I, the best, look, Guardiola has all the money in the world, right? All the money in the world. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't replicate that style. Why do you suppose that is? Because he knew that that style, you can't win with that style now. You have to have a more dynamic style with faster fullbacks, more dynamic um, our wingers. You need athletes. I mean, I know people think, oh, no, you know, 10 short your Catalan kids named Jordy are still enough. No, right? No. You need athletes to yeah, solve yeah. problems. That 6-2, that team had athletes, right? It had Ato, Henri, yeah. um, Puyol, it had Prime Abidal. Torre. You know, yeah. that team had athletes. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I, the tactic that people have conflated into a way of playing can't win in the modern game full stop and until it changes they will keep getting bounced out of europe and that will include the europa league yeah. by teams that are playing modern football so that you know i this is why i love talking to you about this because i i totally did, like glanced over like who on this team is the most athletic you know, that, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing, right? Like you just pointed out, not only was the, you know, that 6-2 team, not only were they technically, but like when I think of athletes on that team, I mean, I can pick five right off the bat on the, you know, like that's it, right? And that there is something to that, especially like, for example, when you see Inter, you know, a team that, you know, and it's funny because in our Patreon, what's up, your people leading up to, you know, they're saying, ah, you know, Inter, you know, they're, they haven't won four games. And I said, look, man. Uh, it's Europe. It's a complete reset. These players love to play on. Now that you're living on this side, you know how important these European nights are that these players level up, you know, for yeah. these nights because they know the world is watching and you get the best of the best planes. And so, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's a combination of, of going forward with these athletes. All right. So this goes to my question for Europa League, because we have a question from Nicholas and it just says, you know, seems we can't really catch a break. I already don't like this mentality that it's about breaks. And, you know, when it's a draw, this is who you draw. But what do you think our prediction is for United? Do you think, you know, on paper, Ten Hag, on me, to me, with his coaching experience, what he was able to do at the Bernabeu and Champions League with Ajax and stuff, I already look as, as this as a coaching advantage for Man U. I'm really scared that Barca are going to get bounced out already in, in Europa League on the first, first at the knockout here. You you should be worried. Um, United has all the necessary tools to look. So also Inter was a dumpster fire according <laughs> to that Champions League time, but uh, they had a fast, active uh, physical midfield. Their um, um, flanks were quick. They knew how to use midfield space that they knew uh, Barca would leave plenty of and they got the result with United it's it's a lot of the same things they're a, a dumpster fire 
but physically and tactically, they're equipped right now to get a uh, get a result against uh, Barcelona. Now, if should everybody come back from the World Cup healthy, mm -hmm. so you get uh, your main line defense back. Um, maybe you figure out who your left fullback or right fullback should be because it shouldn't be Serge, Serge Roberto. Um, then Xavi has a better shot. Yet he's still going to start Puskas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we know how that is going to go. So, I mean, people who are worried about this United side should be, and there's yeah. a very good reason they should be. They're equipped right now to bounce Barcelona out of Europa League. You know, it's, it's again, another point you brought up, I think the maturity of these players, you know, of Inter and Man U, they feel more seasoned, right? And they kind of feel more for this moment that they, they know how to approach these midweek. And again, this is the other thing that's complicated. It's a Thursday night match, you know, and having that to piggyback, how is Chavi going to manage that? Because Thursday night with recovery and so forth is just another animal that Barca are going to have, you know? I mean, it may not seem much, right, on paper one day, but it definitely makes a difference. Luckily, that day is huge. That, yeah, luckily they're traveling to an international airport because as we always joke around in Europa League, they go to the airports where you're going to have to do two legs, you know, and, and get there very difficult, you know, in the Swiss Alps somewhere, you know. But luckily they're able to go to Manchester directly. Uh, all right, another question we have from Carlos, and this is regarding the January uh, window because Laporta also mentioned that there's going to possibly be some changes or some additions. If you had the run of the mill, which addition would you go for during this this transfer window in January? Who would you pick up? I would um, get a white panel van and <laughs> kidnap Alfonso Davies um, to start oh, with. Man. Oh. man, man, man. Well, really quick, really quick. Do you know, do you know the story about Alfonso Davies and Histo Stoichkov? No. Okay, so... I don't know if you know, but Hristo Sojkov does uh, commentating for yes. Univision, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously they do the yeah, MLS. Yeah, yeah. I love Hristo. Hristo is like one of my all-time favorite players from the 94 World Cup, which which really made an impression on me as a young child. So uh, anyway, he was watching the MLS matches, and he automatically spotted Alfonso Davies like the first time and said, wow, this player is amazing. This guy has all the tools that you want as a, as a back going forward. So he messaged and talked to Bartomeu about him and said, Bartomeu, you should definitely send your scouts, take a look at this kid before everyone else, because this kid is, is special. He's the one. And Bartomeu basically said, um, a Canadian wouldn't success in La Liga, so no thanks. Well, I mean, look, <laughs> that is the, the kind of provincial attitude that that board had. And it's yeah, yeah. the kind of attitude that a lot of the fan base and the and porno still have yeah, yeah. You know, so i mean i so i think i mean right now i think i would be looking at liga i think that france has some amazing young talents yeah, yeah. and as much as you hate to use the word athleticism the pace of play over there i mean yeah it's, it's loose and kind of wild and kind of sort of there are some legitimate physical 
studs over there. And I mean, that league is bristling with center backs and fullbacks that won't be elite, but will be better than Sergio Roberto because they can actually run. Yep. And yep. that's a low cost option, right? If the team is considering Rian on the defense and they should be i mean and hey there's some kid named tadebo right now running around who's you know probably got about a fifteen thousand dollar um a price tag on him i mean you know i um, um, um barcelona need another elite center back right um because we've seen that that as wonderful as as Haruo is yeah he's made glass yeah. As wonderful as as Kunde is, he's uh, been injured what three times yeah. since he arrived. Um, you need and so suddenly your center backs are Alonso and Christensen, and they can't stop you or I from scoring, right? <laughs> so I mean they need a third elite center back and they need a fullback who's an athlete, right? I mean Balde plays the way he does because he's an athlete. Yeah. He's running at the attacker, not away from the attacker, right? You need that. So, I mean, I think in January, you should be looking at a fullback and a center back. That's what I would do. I'd be going to France to do my shopping. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, I, you know, this summer when we were looking at the transfers, I was clamoring for us to go and go to, you know, obviously La Liga and other minor you know leagues to try to find two or three at the cost of one elite right back because i think you know like you said i think these backs are so athletic now and also you're taking a chance on a player but it, the, the risk is so low right you're trying to put them into your system develop them and hopefully hit rich right that's the thing because let's use the same philosophy we do with pedri because you know get someone from a minor team extrapolate try scout and there you go. It doesn't always have to be the elite of the elite, you know? And I think I'm really nervous. I'm really nervous because I think we're going to get an overaged, you know, center back or right back, you know, just to fill the gap for this year. And that's what really worries me. And also, I have to say, if you put together this Ocean's Eleven white van to go kidnapped, Alfonso Davies, count me in because I love this kid so much. <laughs> just the, I mean, you know, it's... He it's, it's, wrecked Barcelona. I know. He wrecked them. I know, but it's it's one of those things where when you see the perfect mix of athleticism and technical ability, there it, it's it just jumps, right? And that's what Davies, like his ability and the control that he has on the ball, but on top of that, the ability to push people off and the speed, it's just it's a delight to watch. I mean, I hope I hope he plays the full World Cup because uh he's one he's gonna be one of those players that you you know. First of all, Canada, you're like, okay, whatever, Canada. But now with him on the team, it's like, yes, I want to circle that game and watch him because he's one of those players that just is is elite, you know, as we talked about. Oh, yeah, no, he, I mean, look, um, Barcelona hasn't replaced Abidal. Yeah. And and that back line has suffered as a consequence. Yeah. I mean, um, Titi was that player, then his knees showed their age. And, but I mean, that back line needs a fixer, needs a, a closer, right? That can solve problems. Yeah. 
And I mean, notice that how much more in control they were when Busquets went off and his gifts to also Osasuna <laughs> ceased. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. So, I mean, I, by the way, I'm not going to watch one second of this World, World Cup, Cup for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. Not a second. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so conflicted because I love the World Cup. It's my favorite uh, sporting event of all time. It has so much to do, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. And yeah, it's, it's, it sucks. It totally sucks. Uh, last, well, let, let's end on a really positive note. Yeah, let's end on a really cool. positive note. And that is the the crown jewel of Barca right now. That is the Femini. They just had the Classico on Sunday. I know you were watching it. I was watching it. This team, every time I watch, just puts a smile to my face because they're doing everything right. And the way they handle themselves, and obviously they destroyed. I mean, they barely got out of third gear in this match. I mean, there was times, you know, in, in the match with Madrid that they were feisty and so forth, but Barcelona pretty much had control. What, like, how do you, I mean, for all the things that are going bad with the men, everything is the opposite of for the women's team. I, I mean, like we just talked about briefly, it's all about now Lyon, you know, that's really what it's all about, you know? And it reminds me almost of the 40, cause I'm a 49er fan, 49er cowboy rivalry in the early nineties, where that's all it was about the regular season. They knew they were going to f- uh, meet each other in the championship, and it was about who had the free agents at that moment, the the ability to get through the, to win the Super Bowl. This is what it reminds me of because it's all about Leon. How are you feeling about Femini? I know you're as positive as I am, but, man, can I really quick? Rolfo. Rolfo, Rolfo, Rolfo for me is just my favorite Femini player right now. See, I, I think they have the same injury problems as the men. Right? Mm. I mean, they have uh, this, this uh, barrage of injuries. You know, the, I mean – um one comes back you know two more leave graham hansen is is now out yeah i I just you know i don't know how you and it's it's not just i mean some of it is is load management but i almost you know question what kind of so part of the big thing about strength training is it helps with um with preventive maintenance and i know that you know, in many ways, European football is still fairly still age when it comes to sports science. And I mean, the 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 players, men and women, and not just in Barcelona, right? They're getting getting injured. So this, despite all that, and because they have a way of playing, right? Because they have the um, athletes to to utilize that method. They're fantastic. And Madrid was doing, you know, they were physical, they were fouling all the time. And Barcelona didn't care. They just did what they did. I mean, Claudia Pina, oh my God. I just, if I were going to buy one player's shirt right now, it would be hers. I think she is amazing. And, And she's amazing in that same way that Gavi is. She is the living, breathing embodiment of a bottle, right? She comes in and it's like, okay, that's it. Who's gonna die? And <laughs> and it's 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 something it's essential that team needs. I think, you know, that uh, Rolfo has that edge. Yeah, I think um, 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 Geisa has that edge. I mean, her eyes are like 
like an assassin's eye. She's yeah, yeah. she just she wrecked Madrid. So I I mean I think that uh, the additions, Walsh, Bronze, I think they will be better more ready to face down the monster that is yeah. the I do. Um, and I think they will get that far. I'm not sure we all win, um, but I think that um, I think you'll see Barcelona in that final again. And I think that this year they'll win. Yeah, I think I think the luxury that the feminine have is, okay, yes, they have the injuries, but they just have a bench that is just elite, right? So they can just plug and play players and they just fill in. I think also the other thing that was the elephant in the room was the the 15 players that walked out, obviously, on the national team and most of those Madrid players taking those spots willy-nilly of, you know, the the I don't know if you heard that, but the, I don't know if it's the rumor, but what happened was that they all agreed that they were going to walk out, but the Madrid players um, didn't do that. And so I think that also had that extra edge to that mm-hmm. match, obviously, with Aitana, leading the, the charge on that but man i there's just something about the the talent that this team has but also like you said the t- tenacity and also just the edge that they play with there's just something i can relate to that i love seeing that and and like i said to me the whole microcosm of the match was the athena rofo matchup just the way that she was able to handle that and again i just think it's a really nice perfect blend of you know Catalan players with elite stars. And again, as we talked about with the men's team, the athleticism that is on this team is is outrageous when you look at the other teams they're competing. I think, you know, they're going to be better equipped to handle the Champions League run. I think last season they were able to do that. But again, it has those things, you know, when you're such an elite team and you don't get challenged, how do you face those challenges, right? And so the Lyon match, you know, was that, unfortunately, when that... (laughs) When they scored that Golasso and and the team just kind of faded a little bit from that, yeah. Right? I mean, it, yeah, 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 yeah for sure, for sure, for right. sure, for sure. But but it's, it's those moments, you know, it's those moments of like everything was so easy last season for the team, and then all of a sudden when you get punched in the mouth. I mean, we see this over and over in sports. It's you know, like with the Kansas City Chiefs, for example. You know, they're very you know, quote unquote, soft, and then also when you punch them in the face, all of a sudden it's a street fight. That's what you're always trying to do. It's always a clash of styles. It's a clash of trying to manage those um, fights that you that you come across with. And so, but anyway, I just I just want to end with the family because to me, if you're not watching it, like you're missing out. That's the first thing. And also, just the again, I can't I can't remember the last time with women's, you know, the pace, the passing, the technical ability. I just love watching it. I, you know, I have it in my calendar. You know, I was able to download it from the, from the website. So I get reminded. So it's a very easy thing. And plus DAZN is doing an amazing job, an amazing job of promoting the women's game here in Spain. They put it on YouTube for free. So you have no excuse to not watch it for that. I don't know if you have any last uh, thoughts on the feminine. Um, I think there is essential to watch. I think, I mean, and, Keep in mind that the the Ballon d'Or is just beginning her comeback. Oh my from gosh! Injury. So this team is not as good as it's going to be, and that to me, yeah, like so. Previously, their only real get behind the defense player was Oshawa. Now they've got. Three different options. Yeah. It's just, I mean, they have, except uh, when they 
see in the old jersey um they <laughs> have the mental tenacity that i wish the men's team had um i th think as i said they will go far in champions league i believe they will win everything and i think that that's probably the best way to end this right yeah and i, I just want yeah yeah for sure and i just want to end on with the potatoes thing i mean i think she's my top three favorite player right now watching everything she does i love what she does and she stands for as a ambassador for this club you know her watching the classico you know my tiktok now algorithm is all you know fc barcelona stuff so i get all the feminine stuff as well there was videos of her in the in the in in the stands just like rooting the team you know we saw the video yesterday of her already running now so to me she's like the embodiment the soul of this team and i'm so excited to see her come back because two-time winner she is um, i mean having her on the team even further escalates this team into another level and i'm really excited to see her come back and hopefully you know it's a it's a straightforward rehab process that she can come back sooner than later. And again, like you said, I think it's just a must watch. If you are a Barcelona fan, you have to be watching this feminine because again, the style, it, it embodies everything that, you know, you look at the commandments of Barcelona, you know what I'm saying? This is what it is. You know, it's like this team, you know, and I love watching. And I, you know, it's funny. I really quick, just to end on this, um, a couple of years ago, I went to Barcelona and I've been talking to Michelle Taylor and she's a huge follower on Twitter for feminine. And I messaged, I said, let's grab a coffee. She's like, yeah, let's grab a coffee. So we went to grab a coffee. We're having coffee, you know, meeting face-to-face -face for the first time, which I hope we could do very soon now that you're over here on the side of the pond. Um, and we were just talking, hanging out. And she's like, you know what? I have an extra ticket to the Femini. Do you want to come? And I was like, uh, I don't know if I have time. And I was like, you know what? I'll go for the first half with you. Let's go watch. And that was the first time I was able to watch the Femini in person. I saw Leaky Martins. He was there. And I was like, wow, what? who is this person? Uh, you know, and it really just opened my eyes to the Femini. And, and from that point on, I've just been on the bandwagon going forward. And it's been a pleasure to watch. Obviously, the, you know, last last season, man, I just, oh, my God, I was so I was so upset at the Champions League final. But that that's sports, man. That's sports. That's sports. sports. Yeah. Kevin, uh, thanks again for joining me. Where can we follow you? I know you're constantly writing for the Barca blog. Any other outlets you want our fans to follow you? I mean, you're always you're the OG of Barca Twitter, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> in, in more ways than one. Um, no, I mean, I, I think just, I mean, read the, you can see me on uh, Twitter. And when Isaiah and I get around to it, you'll see new posts on Barcelona football blog. We'll always pin those on Twitter. And yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a month now to think about things. And for me, I'll, you know, be lifting and riding and not watching football. And we'll see on the flip side. Sounds good, Kevin. Thanks for joining me again. We'll talk to you soon. All right. My pleasure. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.